Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Shocking, Lurid Tawdry, A History of American Scandal. I'm your co-host, Mark Pikert. And I'm Casey Howe, the other co-host. There are only two co-hosts. Yeah, we can, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with us, honestly. Uh, hello, Ugh. beloved listeners. I think we have a complex about it now. And now we're just, it's like a, a, like a block. We'll get there. Prob- I don't think that we ever will, but it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back. Me too. Me too. The bullying continues. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> I've always said you're my Scott Rudin. <laughs> not that. Not think. No. <laughs> That, that's topical right now I it know. probably won't be by I the know. time this airs well who knows but actually it's so funny you brought that up because I was thinking last night I was like you know we should probably address the obvious elephants in the room but I also hmm. think just be just saying hey yeah we know that there are a lot of really current scandals that are going on that are super um like happening now um you know cough cough Matt Gates can't wait to do that one. Um, but that is, so I just, you know, I thought, I said, we should probably address that, that there, yes, we are aware that there are very current scandals. Personally, I'm going to hold off on record or on reporting on some of those just because I think it's important to like have the full view of the scandal before yeah. I dive into it rather than doing it as a current event because I feel like then it's just news and I am not a journalist. So. (laughs) Well, and this is exactly what I said to Peter Morgan when he asked my opinion about including Harry and Meghan in the crown. I said, Peter, you need at least 10 years away from that to fully understand the social and political ramifications of anything. And he said, you're so, he speaks in an American accent to me. Of course. And he said, you're so right, Mark. You're so right. I'm going to, with your permission, I'm going to claim credit for that in interviews. And I said, Peter, I don't need credit. It's just a good idea is like manure. It doesn't do any good unless you spread it around. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm so glad he has you to turn to for for such sage advice. I'm so glad he Well, not enough people. Not anymore. We we don't speak anymore. I definitely took Jillian Anderson's side in that breakup. Oh, well. Duh. I mean, <sighs> that's an obvious. I mean, why not? That's mm-hmm. so. Anyway, elephant addressed. I love elephants, but you know, so does so Cher. Put that one aside. <laughs> really, that's a fun fact. She has a documentary coming up called "The Loneliest Elephant in the World." 
interesting. And it's about her crusade to rescue an elephant in Pakistan from captivity. Okay, sure. Okay. Um, um, well, I'll look forward to that, Greg. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sharing facts. Oh, I love it. I love it. Ugh. I used to have a little statue of an elephant and it was the cutest thing, but um, it didn't make it in the move. I didn't have anywhere to put it, but I like to name things like that. His name was Wilbur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, hi, everybody. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to this week's episode. Um, not that, you know, everyone loves a tangent. Um, but anyway, wanted to say that about the uh, about the current environment and that we are well aware and look forward to covering such juicy scandals in the future. Lovely. Um, okay. And I'm looking forward to what scandal you have today. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mark. Well, thank you for asking. That's a um, segue. <laughs> <laughs> smooth as smooth can be. Love it. Oh, um, yes, especially yes. when you point it out afterwards. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's important that people know, you know, where the segues come in. It shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, intuitive. That would be, that's no fun. Um, Okay, so today I wanted to tell the scandal of the OG Black Friday. So this is not uh, the Black Friday that people are most thinking of, but this is actually the original Black Friday incident. Um, Two greedy men essentially take down the entire US economy and ruin a presidency. Good job. Two days. It took him about two days to do it. So, mm-hmm. wait, was one of them some kind of pastor or preacher? Uh, no, no. I think okay, this might be what earlier. Okay. What is the is this McKinley era? This is Grant. So eighteen oh. like late eighteen sixties. I think that I know what you're talking about. I think that there's a book on my Goodreads to read list, which clearly I have not read because I got literally everything else out of it wrong, but I'm very excited to read it. Oh my goodness. Um, so yes, well, and then, you know, obviously I know that you are a big fan of Grant because you like to visit his tomb on a regular basis. So, well, I'm a big fan of Julia Grant, who was cross-eyed. That's true. That's but true. Yes, Grant's yes. tomb is my favorite place in New York City. That's funny. Yes. So, um, so we're, we're just now that you're familiar, you know, with 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 the scandal, um, because really, so a lot of times people call this the Black Friday scandal, and they really only talk about the two dudes that that caused it. Um, but for me, this was much more about Grant's presidency and what they did to it and how it really never recovered. Um, and I have great um, sort of empathy for Grant. Grant was just trying to do the right thing, but he just, he was a military guy and he wasn't really a politician and it wasn't really his thing. And he just, you know, wanted to help the country and got really taken advantage of, which happens, I think, more often than we realize in presidencies. And it's sort of, um, uh, taints them for lack of a better term of, of what, of what they, they really are. And then also in this case, um, you know, when we'll talk about it more later, but the, it, 
it really prevents, you know, someone who's trying to do something good from doing that because of, you know, these other people around him that are causing this chaos. So, okay. Um, so uh, Ulysses S. Grant was the commanding general of the U.S. Army during the Civil War. That's what he's most known for. He really came from absolutely nothing and decided late in life that he was going to join the military and he had a really, really good mind for it and just went right through the ranks during the Civil War and rose to prominence and was really the leading general at the end of that war. He was the one who accepted Robert E. Lee's um, surrender. So that's Grant. Uh, he served as president for two terms from 1969 to 1977. And he was really known for his leadership as a president um, during Reconstruction. So that's the time frame we're in. That's, that's the situation. Um, he created the Justice Department Fun Fact, which went after the KKK really aggressively. Um, and is, and is, as I said, you know, known for bringing uh, the country together quite a bit. Um, but it's also a, a bit of a history rewrite, just in the sense that we know him for that. And I think he's a really prestigious president now, but his presidency was really, really plagued by scandal. So scandals that happened um, during his presidency include the whiskey ring scandal, which we'll talk about, I'm sure one day we'll cover that one. Because <laughs> um, who doesn't love whiskey? We've got to look into that. Um, and then there were tons of re resignations. And then also obviously today's scandal, which was the Black Friday scandal, which happened at the very beginning of his presidency and re was really the first one to kick it all off. Um, a number his of issues. White water. His white water. <laughs> yes, precisely. Start with white water, end with. Okay. Anyway. Um, so let's see. A number <laughs> of <laughs> a number of issues uh, led to it. Uh, one of the things that um, that was a big issue at the time, which, as you can see, would be an issue in a presidency, is that at the time we had two different forms of currency. We had the greenbacks, which were issued during the Civil War. And then we also worked off of gold, off of the dollar. So essentially what was happening is in the South, they were running out of money. So the US government said, fine, you can print this other money. And it was used in the South. But then when the country came back together, they had to figure out how they were going to get rid of this random second currency because you can't. It's real hard to run a nation when you can pay for things two different ways. Not great, not great. <laughs> um, so, uh, and this was one of the things that Grant said he was gonna do. So he said, okay, fine. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna buy back these greenbacks with gold. So bring in your greenbacks, I'll give you gold and the, and the US government will do it so that it's not running rampant and it can all be controlled. So that was kind of what's going on. Basically Grant's policy of selling uh, gold through the treasury, he would do it at a weekly clip of about 2 million. Um, this also helped pay off the national debt. Um, and he was really good at it. His secretary of treasury um, essentially reduced the debt by 50 million within six months. So this is working. Wow. Everything's great. Yeah. Everything's good. Um, so enter uh, our, our, what are they? Antagonists, right? The villains, the villains. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. These guys aren't great. Um, so Jay Gould and Jim Fisk are these two railroad tycoons. Um, they're mostly described as they're, this is during the time of the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and all of these big, big 
um, you know, the, the robber barons and the rich, 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 rich of the U.S. And these guys are described as kind of like the like the D-list rich people. Like they're they're rich, but they're not like Vanderbilt rich. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I was like, oh, so they're rich, but not crazy rich. So they own the Erie Railroad, which was the longest railroad at the time. And um, basically what they would do is buy into these companies, buy enough stock in these companies, enough shares to be the majority shareholders, get on the boards of these companies and immediately start manipulating stocks and ripping off the companies. Great. Um, at one point they did get into a bidding war with Vanderbilt and they was like a bribery scheme to bribe New York governor or New York uh, politicians and everything. And finally Vanderbilt was just like, I'm bored. Just take it. I don't care anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, okay. So these two guys are just swindling things left and right. Cause we have no regulations at this time. There's no checks and balances. There's no sec. There's no, anything like that. So people can kind of come in and manipulate markets and companies. And there's no, we haven't even gotten to um, eliminating monopolies, right? So we're just, we're really at the beginning of sort of eking out our economy as a United States and the stock market and all of that. Um, so in 19, or eight, 19, in 1869, um, they cook up a scheme to corner the gold market. The only problem is uh, they've learned that in some of their past scheming that the pesky government might try and pop in and say, hey, you seem to be cornering a market. Stop that. We'll fix it. And so they decided, well, we can't have that happen. What shall we do? They say, oh, never mind. Got it. Problem solved. All we have to do is convince the president not to step, not to step in. It's cool. No worries. But how does one go about meeting the president as just Jay Gould and Jim Fisk, just some New York Erie Railroad tycoons? Uh, well, they find out that a guy named Abel Corbin is newly married. He's a 60-something with a little bit of a shady background, but, you know, he's on the up and up. And who has he married, you ask? Why, Virginia, Jenny Grant. Uh-oh. Yeah, who is the favorite sister of the newly elected president, Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah, match made in heaven, because Corbin really liked to run in these powerful circles, and Jenny had just been wasting away as a 30-something spinster, so she had to get hitched. So Corbin finds her and says, you're the one for me. They used to call spinsters unclaimed blessings. Well, she's now claimed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Fisk and Gould sort of like root out this guy, Corbin, and they bribe him to the tune of $1.5 million and say, hey, I don't know why I keep clicking in this. Um, What all we need you to do is introduce us to the president and say, if he starts, you know, chatting about this gold issue, just say, no, 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 no. Selling gold is going to be really bad for the farmers. You don't want to hurt the South more. You don't want to do that. You want to keep the gold in the treasury. We don't want that in markets because essentially the treasury doesn't sell off the gold. They can buy up the gold, corner the market. That's the strategy in a 
nutshell because there was a big old sack of nuts when I started researching this. So I, I'm trying to break it down for people. I'm not an economist, <laughs> whatever. Um, oh, there was something too. I'm not an economist. Grant was not an economist, nor were lots of people around him. He apparently is famously loyal and infamously gullible. So not a great combo. Uh, so I, I just did some quick research. Uh, $1.5 million in 1870 dollars is 30 million today. Yeah. So not junk change, not junk change. They did, it was no. significant money. Yeah, yeah. Um, keep that calculator out because we got some more numbers coming your way. Oh. Um, so now Corbin's working for these two guys. They try and wine and dine Grant in there. One of the guys, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Fisk, um, had these like big steamboats out in the harbor and loved to throw parties on them and had hundreds of canaries to entertain the guests. And he was a quite, yeah, he was a lot. But that's how he liked to spend his money. So they get Grant on the uh-huh. ship one night. They do all this, you know, it's jolly, jolly, fun, fun, fun. Um, Grant, however, does not take a sip of booze. So they're like, oh no, we can't liquor him up and get him to say crazy things. So that doesn't really work, but they try and, you know, just be about in those circles. Um, So they, uh, what was the, okay. So it's interesting. Right. So, (laughs) sorry, I lost my place. sorry jumping all over the place so um okay so the these three guys are trying to influence grant they tell him here's your economic strategy selling gold bad for the farmers uh so grant writes a letter to his treasury secretary george boutwell i think i'm saying that right um and and he says hey stop selling the gold boutwell says hmm all right i don't know if i agree with this but fine president says stop selling the gold I'll stop telling the goal. So, um, but that's not quite enough for these, for these two guys. They'd like a little bit of a backup plan just in case Grant gets any ideas. So what they do is they lobby Grant to appoint Daniel Butterfield as assistant secretary to the treasury. So they have a guy on the inside. Um, Butterfield is an old army friend of Grant who has absolutely no finance experience. Um, None needed as all he really needs to do is just monitor communications and let Fisk and Gould know if the government changes his mind and says, okay, I'm gonna start selling gold. So Butterfield has has no problem with this. Uh, He takes a $10,000 bribe and the promise of 1.5 million in profit. So he doesn't get the money up front, but we'll pocket some now and then we'll cut you in on the profits. So trouble really starts in September of 1869. Fisk and Gould and a few others start buying up gold. Essentially all of the gold at this point is in, is it's like a New York, um, it's on the New York market because that's really where the center of all economy is happening. So they start yeah. buying it up in New York. Um, and they do it, they do it like Disney bought up land in Florida. <laughs> so they start doing it. <laughs> 
analogy I could come up with because I was like, this sounds a lot like what Walt did in Florida. Um, and what they did well, was buy I mean, it. And Disney was days. the robber baron. Disney <laughs> so was the true. robber baron of the 20th century. My favorite robber baron. And he gave back to the community. So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Except for Jews and women. <laughs> well, you know, can't help everybody. I'm just kidding. He was not a great person. <laughs> not a great person, but you know. Also great in many ways. We're all balanced, I suppose. Ugh. Anyway, um, oof, that's a, anyway. Um, so they did it, basically they bought it in different names. So like not to trigger anybody. So so-and-so would, would buy so much and blah, blah, blah. Um, and the price keeps going up, up and up. And they end up amassing over 60 million or $1 billion in gold today. So then, um, yeah, so they're, the plan's working. Um, one day in uh, one day in September, I think it's still September, um, Gould gets a note from Butterfield and Butterfield, who's a reminder in the treasury, says the president has changed his mind and he told Boutwell to start selling the gold again. Um, and the note also says they're going to... Um, I, earlier, I mentioned that they were selling it off at a clip of two million a week. They up it to four. So now, all of a sudden, what they're going to do is flood the market, right? So they flood the market. Now, the, this sixty billion is going to go down, down, down. So Gould has this note and sells his shares on Thursday. It was a Thursday. He sells. He's like, "All right, I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to get the price is going to start dropping. I'm going to get rid of this." Um, by the way, everyone listening, this is called insider trading. It is illegal. So do not do this. Okay. <laughs> well, PSA. <the> <laughs> this, is, this is what's called a public service announcement. This is illegal. Okay, here we go. For the record. Um, and it was also, by the way, illegal at the time. So not great. Yeah. Um, However, so Fisk is selling off his shares, but he doesn't tell anybody. So he doesn't tell Fisk. He doesn't tell Corbin. He doesn't tell anybody else who's bought this gold with him. He just is like, <laughs> so Fisk goes out and he's still like buying, buying, buying. Everybody's still buying gold. Oh. Yeah. So Gould's a real great business partner and friend. Um, so on Friday, the market gets flooded with gold and the price drops. Uh, to basically where it started when they first started buying up all this gold. So people were buying in, it's kind of what, ha it's, never mind. I don't, I don't want to try and make an economic stock market analogy because I'm bad at that. But essentially any profits that were made or people bought in halfway through at the mid-level price and then it just made 50% more in the last month. Now they're back to, now they owe money on that gap. So Anyway, um, that's how stocks work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd never known. Uh, ac according to Casey. So, you know, take that with, or take, take with, you know, a grain of salt with that because numbers aren't my jam. Um, so. Aren't you in sales? <laughs> yeah, but I don't, that's not, I don't have to do numbers. That's just like. <laughs> normal numbers not like crazy numbers I just use a little calculator I don't do ratios 
I don't do percentage increases. That's no, no, no. You're not a math teacher. That's right. I can't do my groupings, whatever, however they teach math now. It's very complicated now. Foil. (laughs) I don't know what that is. (laughs) First, outer, inner, last. Oh, that's right. Oh, wasn't that for algebra? I seduced. I seduced a math professor from Oberlin at a bar by screaming foil at him. <laughs> Gets him every time. Gets him every time. It really time. does. Yeah. It also just weeds out. And that's out, my PSA. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's how you weed out the ones who are like, oh, I teach math. Oh, really? Do you? <laughs> foil. Foil. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Okay, so anyway, the price drops, everybody panics. Um, There's a rush on the bank similar to what we know as Black Friday. Um, But the same thing essentially happens is the public gets wind of this, runs to the banks to get their gold out. Um, The banks don't have it. So then everybody closes their doors. Same, same concept picture. uh, What is what is the it's a wonderful life that Um, so between Black Friday on September 24th uh, and October 1st, the stock market dropped by 20%. So that's a pretty big drop in the stock, in the stock market in a week. Um, so whoops. So um, obviously this flags some things. Uh, they do, the government does step in, stabilizes the market somewhat, but that 20% loss is gone for these investors and banks and, um, and anybody else, which included a lot of those farmers that were um, supposedly this was going to be bad for. So the government does step in, they stabilize the market after a bit of time. Um, Congress investigates, but Fisk and Gould aren't done yet, and they blackmail Corbin into helping prevent charges against them. Um, the black the blackmail actually had to do, sadly, with the first lady. She did was not involved whatsoever. But they said, "Hey, if you if charges get brought against us, or if you don't help us, we're going to come out and say that Julia took bribes and was involved." Not Julia, she's cross-eyed. She can't see. How would she know what she's taken a bribe for? Oh, no. <sighs> I know. I know. So I was like, that's a low blow. I was like, unnecessary. Don't bring her into this. She's got nothing to no. do with it. If anything, pin it on Jenny. I mean, at least she's married to the guy. I know. I know. Also, that's how Grant found out is that his wife was writing to Jenny and was like, hey, there's something fishy going on with Corbin and these guys. You should keep an eye out. And Grant found the note and he was like, hey, hmm, that's strange. Oh, Grant. (sighs) Grant, poor Grant. So gullible. I know. Um, So the only one that really, as far as uh, lost his job was Butterfield. So the kid, Butterfield got removed from office, out. Um, Gould ended up making about 12 million, um, in, over the course of that sell-off the day before the price dropped, um, in 18, or this 12 million in $1869 I wrote. So apparently that's right. Maybe the 1.5 was in 1869 dollars too. Whatever. Still a lot of money. Um, 
not your average, not your average, not your average politician's bribe as far as I'm concerned. I think they only need like, I don't know, 25 grand these days. I mean, just enough, enough to cover the, uh, the, uh, prostitution ring charges for a month, you know? Yeah. Sex workers. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm, I'm learning in real time guys. Um, so so the, so um, when Gould withheld this note from Fisk, Fisk continued buying right up to the crash since Gould did not tell him. Um, but he wasn't mad. It was fine. It was, he got over it. They went to his private office and he said, tip of the hat to you, sir. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't worry about it. We can fix this. So what they did was they essentially called up the the brokers like the people who were buying the gold on their behalf and they said oh no 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 you must have misunderstood anything under mr fisk's fisk's name on that was um bought on friday no 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 that was for these other people so you just put that on under his name fisk didn't buy anything he was just calling for them. So you must have misunderstood. So this essentially washed away any of his purchases on Friday as the stock market fell. And these brokers were like, oh, okay, sorry. And just threw two other guys under the bus. I didn't write their names down because I was like, there are too many names in the story. But just were like, oh no, no, this is for this is for Joe and and Ben over here. So just put it under their name. So they got stuck with the bill. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. These two guys do not stop. So, um, so, so poor Abel Corbin did not get the menu as or the menu did not get the memo as well. Uh, he was financially ruined. Grant's presidency was tarnished forever as the farmers and investors alike lost everything. Um, historians say that all the scandals and corruption in Grant's presidency effectively ended reconstruction. And the end of his presidency launched the South into the Jim Crow years. So these scandals alone essentially ended all of those efforts. Good job, guys. Wow, Um, good job, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Well done for $12 million. Congratulations. Um, Financially, Fisk did okay. He came out of it okay. Um, But in 1872, after arguments over money and his mistress, Broadway showgirl Josie Mansfield, Edward Stokes, another uh, another financier, Mm -hmm. shot him dead. So he only made it to 1872. Whoops. I know. know. He had a real great exit strategy. He did. You know, he was like, you know, enough of this. I'm going to be done with it. Yes. He, uh, his mistress, Josie Mansfield comes up in the uh, story a couple times. I liked her name. I thought it was great. Um, okay. What else do I have for you? So, uh, yeah. So, so Jay Gould, um, he went on to own the Union Pacific Railroad, the Western Union, along with other companies, Within five years of Black Friday, so it was there was like no punishment essentially for him. He just went on getting on. Um, at the time of his death, it was said that he was worth seventy million dollars. Oh, yeah. So still, 
Still not the rich, rich, if you ask me, Jay. <laughs> um, and then just in as a, as a final wrap, and I, I love this quote, but I'm like, oh boy. Uh, in his last national address, Grant said, failures have been, oh, sorry. I'm gonna, of course gonna mess it up because I'm terrible at this. Failures have been errors of judgment, not of intent. Well, put that on my tombstone. <laughs> but that is the Black Friday scandal of 1869. Oh, delicious. <laughs> it's a little complicated. Sorry, I hope I got through it okay. No, you did. Let me find, I was looking for the book that oh, I wanted yeah. to read for nigh on 10 years it's on the must reads but not the must it? now reads it no it's i'll get to it and watch i bet i just removed it from my list because i was like i haven't read it and so i haven't read it yet oh destiny of the republic nope that's about mckinley's assassination i have a lot of uh strange histories in here Uh, oh, uh, did uh, Ferdinand Ward come up in your research? I think so. That rings a bell. Uh, well, uh, through his unapologetic villainy, he bankrupted Ulysses S. Grant and run, ran roughshod over the entire world of finance. <laughs> the Bernie Madoff of his day chronicled in A Disposition to be Rich, how a small town pastor's son ruined an American president, brought on a Wall Street crash, and made himself the best hated man in the United States. Oh my gosh. Ooh, I'll put that on my list now. Ferdinand yes, Ward. written by one of his descendants. Oh my gosh. That's the thing. That's the thing about Grant's presidency. It's just, it was like one after another that just took him down and he could never, like there was never a time when he wasn't, there wasn't something scandalous financially or something else going on during his pres presidency. I mean, there were so many resignations because he tr essentially, he was trying to clean up government and in cleaning up government, he realized how many people in his government were corrupt. Yeah. And so there were just constant resignations because the justice department figured out that people were taking bribes. And so he was constantly Ugh. having to replace people. And then people would say, hey, you should replace him with this guy. He's really nice. And Grant would go, okay. And he just was not, he wasn't great at government. He really just trusted people around him when he just shouldn't have. They were just bad people trying to take advantage of him. And it was, he was apparently easy to take advantage of. Just not what you want in a general. Probably not. No. I mean, I get the loyalty thing as a military man, but I, I just, you'd think that there would be a limit to that, I guess, but not for Grant. Not for Grant. Never for not Grant. Not for Grant. Not for Grant. But so that's that, guys. That's that. Any other comments, Mark? Any other thoughts? Any other reading? No, assignments? I'm so delighted. <laughs> I'm so delighted that you brought Julia Grant into my life I on this know. gloomy Wednesday. 
oh, it's the least I can do. It's the least I can do. It's contribute in some way. I know. Mark always has a favorite character in all of the, in all of the stories. I can't, I have, I have one in mind where I'm like, oh, I wonder who's going to be his favorite in that one. So many options. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.